Hey everyone, welcome back to Practical Non-Toxic Living by Ruan. This week's episode is an excerpt from our Use the News segment from last week, actually, all about technology, isolation, mental health, and kind of how our modern world is starting to really impact this epidemic of mental health struggles that our society is facing. So I hope you enjoy. It's a nice, short, quick, little bite-sized episode, and I wanted to take a second to just plug our free workshop we have coming up on Wednesday, May 24th. It's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I will drop the link to register in the show notes. Um, a bunch of people are, are already signed up, so make sure you reserve your spot. It's going to be super cool. Sophia has been working really, really hard on just providing a very interesting, comprehensive look at how our toxins, household chemicals, technology could be potentially contributing to mental health issues and the you know rates that are just absolutely skyrocketing in our society today. So we can't wait to share it with you guys. And don't forget our 50% off your first month membership at the Detox Academy sale ends May 31st. So um, sign up now. You get 50% off your first month's membership with code SPRINGCLEANING at checkout. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. And um, I mean, you get access to over... 350 courses, mini lessons, mini videos, shopping guides, checklists, symptom checklists, the Q&A for uh, monthly workshops. Like this is really just the, your ultimate resource for everything you need to know for non-toxic living. So we can't wait to connect with you guys in that space. Make sure you snag your 50% off membership now because it's not going to last forever. And um, if you have any questions, comments, you want to share your thoughts about us, please uh, feel free to reach out to hello at ruanliving.com or find us on Instagram at ruanliving or at practical non-toxic living. And um, okay, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hi, I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the critically acclaimed best-selling book, A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, and founder of Ruan Living, the only wellness lifestyle brand that simplifies practical non-toxic living. Welcome to my podcast. So... In March 2023, so just maybe two months ago, I updated an old blog article that has been on my mind since. And it's one that I really, it's an article titled, Is Technology Too Isolating? Mm. And I kind of dreaded having to work on it at the time. For some reason, I just wasn't that interested in the topic when I first started and I was really moved by what I learned and have thought that it would be really worthwhile to dedicate a podcast episode to it because it led me to explore more about loneliness because mm. I thought before I can really talk about the role that technology might play in and one feeling isolated, it would be helpful to understand the greater context of this loneliness epidemic that I've been hearing about. But to learn more about what surveys have found and to find numbers to help make sense of what's going on with the loneliness epidemic felt really profound to me. 
And given how prevalent it is, I thought it might help others who are listening to realize how prevalent loneliness is and that you're not alone. And if you're a parent to a child who's feeling lonely, I think it can help to know that sometimes they're among the majority because sometimes we feel even more lonely and depressed because we think we're the only ones. Everyone else is having a better life, but that's not true. And so what was really cool was that Cigna, an insurance company, has conducted a few surveys. And so I looked at results of their surveys from 2018, 2019, and 2021. And what's so interesting about that is that the same company had two surveys before the pandemic mm. and then a survey in 2021 soon after the pandemic, soon after the world started opening up again. But the numbers before the pandemic were really alarming. Loneliness was reported by half of all Americans surveyed. So 54% describe themselves as always, or sometimes feel that no one knows them well. And 56% found that they sometimes or always feel like people around them are not necessarily with them. And I thought that was really, really interesting. What was also really important was realizing how the younger generation is the most lonely. So younger defined be by being between the ages of 18 to 25. So pausing a bit, Cigna did another survey to the, in 2019 of 10,000 adults and found that loneliness had increased 13% since their 2018 survey. So 61% of the adults surveyed were reported themselves as lonely and more men than women reported themselves as lonely. Harvard also issued a report in 2021 and wrote that they found alarming numbers of Americans are lonely. And in that report, 61% of people 18 to 25 reported serious loneliness serious loneliness versus 24% of people between the ages of 55 to 65. So that was so interesting to me because I thought between the ages of 18 to 25, those are some of the most fun moments of your life. I'm not, I don't remember during which year this survey was conducted, but, um, also 51% of moms with young kids reported serious loneliness. So in 2021, Cigna dug a little deeper and not surprisingly, 58% of US adults were reported lonely. So still a, a large number, but lower income and those who are underrepresented among underrepresented racial groups were even more lonely. So among, and if you're thinking about the socioeconomic spectrum, 63% of those 
earning less than $50,000 a year were, were lonely, verse, which is 10% more than if you make over 50,000 a year. And with the underrepresented racial groups, 75% of Hispanic adults reported serious loneliness and 68% of black and African-American adults. Mm. So that makes me just want to be extra outgoingly nice to so many of these groups. When you realize how everyone is feeling really lonely and not seen even by those around them and and what I learned from this is that social media can sometimes help. And of course, the pandemic was an exceptional circumstance. And in many ways, technology and social media helped more than it hurt when we were all in lockdown. But generally, for those who are young, like the 18 to 25 year old range, and I'm sure for teenagers too, social media, heavy social media use was reported or associated with the most lonely people. But it's hard to know if social media caused the loneliness or attracted mm. the most lonely. That's hard to know. So my key takeaways are that nothing replaces in-person, face-to-face quality connections. And we should just all remember that as workplaces, we allow for a lot more remote options, which is really great. But just also keep in mind how really nothing can replace connecting with people in real life, face to face. And there was a report on the role of how workplaces affect loneliness and and workplaces were reported to be a big contributing factor to loneliness. And those who had the least amount of loneliness at work felt like they had shared goals mm-hmm. with their company and with the people they worked with. And so I wanted to just make the important point that you should prioritize fun in-person dinners, chats over coffee, really nothing is better than that. And if you can't for some reason, then then technology can help enhance those quality connections. And another thing that was pointed out was that even just walking around with head, listening to things on your phone, that also keeps you kind of isolated. And I know I do that a lot too. I just want to be as productive as possible. So I'm listening to podcasts and, and um, mainly podcasts and to be reminded that by listening, walking around, listening to something, I'm not able to really take in like the sounds of the birds or the sounds of the trees and that there's really a lot of value in just being present in the real world. And that's all I want to say. <laughs> I was like, I'll wait, till, I'll wait till she's done. That's so, this is like such an unaddressed, I feel like, topic, especially in a lot of the holistic wellness space. Um, really? I think so. Yeah. And it is so important just 
like what you were just saying, like, I know me personally, I'm always walking around with my headphones on, just like listening to my own music or a podcast, like you said, because it just feels like, feels like what you need to be doing because everyone else out there is doing. And I think part of it too, like for my generation, like growing up with so much stimulation from technology and everything all around us and the world moving so much faster than it has, you know, even in the past couple of decades, the world has sped up so much more than it ever has. And um, so I think we get a little like freaked out by the the lack of stimulation. So even when we're walking or on our commute, it feels like we need it. But I, it's so funny. This is like such perfect timing that you um, brought up this topic because it's been something very much so on my mind of like feeling like, oh, I'm not actually connecting with the world. I could be, I could spend two hours like cumulative of my day walking around New York City and like still feel like I'm in my own little world if I've just been listening to music or podcasts the entire time. Like you miss out on so much of that um, interaction of just like an energy exchange, which really is like what we as humans survive on at the end of the day like you said, nothing can replace that. So. Yeah. And I definitely go through periods of my brain being accustomed to constant stimulation, constant learning. And it, I'm not saying it's easy at all, just stop doing it. But I now just, when I, I recognize when I'm on that hamster wheel and I'm, my brain's used to that kind of momentum, I just wonder more often, it's a beautiful day. Maybe like when I go get a coffee, I can just for that two, those two minutes, not listen to anything. But if I ride the subway, I've tried this sometimes on the subway, I thought, no, I'm going to restrain myself and not zone out into my phone for some reason. And I'm sitting on the subway looking at everyone else zone into their phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thinking, hmm, uh, maybe I don't need to be plugged into this present moment since <laughs> present. But if I like I do look around to see if there's ever an opportunity to just make eye, eye contact with someone who because sometimes when someone just looks at you with kindness and a friendly smile, it can transform your whole day to just be reminded that there are strangers who want to send good vibes. Yeah. And I feel like when you open yourself up to that, like, I feel like when I do, I'm like, okay, I'm going to not be like walking on my phone. Like I'm going to have good posture and like actually look where I'm going and <laughs> try to make eye contact. Like I feel like people will smile at me before I can even smile at them. You know, like I feel like it, it brings that out in other people as well. The people who aren't just zoned in on their phones. Totally. It's the I think that I, when I've had really pleasant exchanges with strangers, whether it's uh, someone checking me out or checking out things I'm buying at a store, <laughs> like the cashier, or like I remember the first time after lockdown mm. when I went, when I left my home and I interacted with someone outside my family, I was at the grocery store and it felt very strange and uncomfortable to be interacting with other people and just the banter with the cashier and then someone else who worked at the store said something and it was just so nice. And it always lifts me up in a very invigorating way when I have a really pleasant exchange or experience with a random person. I'm like reminded of the goodness in humanity. Yes. And that we're all like, we're all just navigating life together 
Totally. And I feel like it's so important to touch on like this topic, especially as I feel like our news is being dominated with like the rise of AI and robots and all of these exciting things, which like probably will help our society 